the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1280 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Tragedy in Texas again. Seven people are dead, six injured in Brownsville, where a man drove his car into a group of people at a bus stop this morning. Lawmen don't know why the driver in custody. Yesterday, a gunman opened fire outside a mall in Allen, killing eight and wounding seven before being shot down by a cop. A week ago, a man shot five people in Cleveland, Texas. The leaders of South Korea and Japan meeting today for their second summit in less than two months as they push to bolster cooperation following years of fraught ties over historical issues. The two also have mutual concerns, the nuclearization of North Korea and its threats, and also the growing power of China in its nearby region. And the former FCC Commissioner Newton Minow passed away today at the age of 97. He called TV a vast wasteland. This is SRN News. This week on the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. Sam Sorbo, she is our guest today. Religion is not lessening, and there's another religion that's winning. This religion of unforgiveness, totalitarianism, this religion of government. Just because you call it a non-religion doesn't mean that it's not a religion. Just because you have, quote-unquote, no God doesn't mean you don't have a God. Stream the Michelle Tafoya podcast at Salem Podcast Network. Show your mother how much you care with your kind words, a thoughtful card, and maybe $2,000. Our annual 2K for Mother's Day giveaway is back. You can enter once a day for your chance to win her two grand. Drop by am1280thepatriot.com for details and to register. Our annual 2K for Mother's Day giveaway at am1280thepatriot.com. Stay tuned. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is coming up. The Closer Edition with Brad Carlson. But right now, today is high, mid-70s, and partly sunny skies for the afternoon. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast broadcast called The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. You can go there for any comments or questions. And we do have our live stream up and running 
at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, so you can check us out there. Again, do a search at Facebook for Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And again, the live stream is up and running. I'm waving to the camera right now. And uh, like I said, there's a comment thread there where you can leave any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. I got a lot of local issues to get to in this first hour, and then we got some national stuff to get to. If we don't get to it the first hour, maybe get to it the second hour. You know, it's an ever it's an ever growing challenge week in and week out of uh, trying to squeeze in all of the topics that we uh, like to address. But we will do what we can here. I, it seems like another thing that's been happening week in and week out is uh, another instance of absolute lunacy and radical left policies coming out of the Minnesota legislature, which, you know, they, they can do because the DFL holds the majority. Uh, the fact is not all DFLers are far left radicals, but they're walking in lockstep with their, um, with leadership that they have to vote the, vote the right way. And like I say, it only takes one enterprising DFL Senator uh, to put a stop to a lot of this madness. We have not found that person yet. So well, hope, hopefully we do. But before I get to some specific policy initiatives, I want to weigh in on uh, something that we've been, a lot of narratives we've been hearing pretty consistently over the past decade or two. And that is how residents of Minnesota, well, they're happy to pay for a better Minnesota. Yeah, you know, people like to point out we have among the highest income tax rates and corporate tax rates in the entire country. But, you know, Minnesota's a great place to be. Minnesota's a great place to live. You know, I I know the winters aren't great, but uh, we have uh, enterprising Minnesotans who love their outdoor winter sports and outdoor winter activities, and they make do, and nothing beats the spring and summer and cabin time in the lake. You know, uh, people are happy to pay for a better Minnesota. And and whenever these uh, progressive narratives come out, you know, specifically if they're on social media, you'll get people responding saying, well, this state is thriving and has a lower tax rate, or this state doesn't have any income tax at all, and a state that's, you know, of similar size has a much less tax rate, and yet with that tax base, they're still getting by without pouring money into these insane leftist programs. And the arrogant progressives, DFL elected officials, whomever always reply back, well, would you want to live in a state like that? You know, denigrating our neighbors, well, to to the uh, directly to our west. You know, whether it be uh, North or South Dakota, or you go further south down to Nebraska or Kansas or Oklahoma, you know, people like to stay in the general area, but they want don't want to be too far from their loved ones in Minnesota. If, you know, people were to vote... Uh, with their feet. And, you know, the DFL has been so arrogant about this, about how we're a hub for, for businesses. You know, we've got some of the largest uh, medical device companies headquartered here uh, in Minnesota. And we've also got other multinational corporations like uh, Cargill or 3M or General Mills, you know, that sort of thing. And we've been fortunate to have those businesses here because, you know, the DFL can perpetuate the notion that they can still increase taxes and we can still pay for all of this stuff, happy to pay for a better Minnesota, and yet still have a budget surplus. 
you know, every year. And again, that drives me absolutely insane when budget surpluses are celebrated because it means you took too much money from the hardworking taxpayers. I say all that to say that I think the arrogance needs to be tamped down significantly because it's almost like they're daring businesses to move on. And, of course, we lost a good number of small businesses in the summer of 2020 due to the unrest. And, of course, uh, what the pandemic didn't take out, certainly the unrest in Minneapolis certainly finished them off. And now you've got a mass exodus of businesses out of downtown Minneapolis, not so much because of crime, although, you know, certainly public safety is is an issue. Uh, Not so much in, in downtown Minneapolis as, say, you know, north Minneapolis or you get you know, south, southern part of Minneapolis, specifically uptown. But that remote work is becoming more prevalent. People found that, you know, during the pandemic, they could work at home and they unwittingly learned, you know what? This strikes a better balance for my lifestyle where I don't have to spend a couple hours a day commuting. I mean, you think about it. To get anywhere in the Twin Cities, if you live in an outer ring suburb, it's a solid hour. I mean, I work in a suburb of St. Paul. I live up in Ramsey. And one way, you know, depending on traffic, 45 minutes to an hour. And it's the same going home. But yet when I work at home, I don't have to get up quite as early. I can do more things in the morning and get started right at 8 o'clock. And then once, you know, 5, 5.30 comes around when I normally end my work day, I'm done and I'm at home already. And I have more time with my family and more time for activities. I mean, those couple hours, I mean, it's it's valuable. And people are realizing how valuable their time is. And I say that to say now with remote work, people can guess what? Start voting with their feet. Start moving out of state to more state income tax-friendly areas. While still having the benefit of working for a company in Minnesota, and if that company decides to move out of Minnesota and go elsewhere, guess what? You could still be employed there. You don't have to move in the same state a, a company is, is going. And we're, we're seeing this trend here in Minnesota recently. I mean, think about it. During the last census, when in the aftermath of a census, then you have uh, redistricting that takes place. And it was down to the states of New York and Minnesota regarding which ones would lose a congressional seat. We have eight U.S. House seats here in Minnesota, and we darn near lost one. We barely beat out New York. New York ended up having to lose a U.S. House seat. So we dodged a bullet, and I'm not confident we'll dodge it again when the next census takes place and, and subsequently the redistricting that will take place in early 2032. So we'll see. But this is from the Center of the American Experiment. John Phelan uh, put together a piece, a study here, saying uh, back in December of 2021, I wrote about newly released Census Bureau data that showed that Minnesota lost a net 13,453 residents to other states in 2020-2021, the most in more than 30 years. Huh, what was going on in 2020-2021 that would cause people to move on? I dare say we were the epicenter of the unrest in 2020. Plus, we've had some very draconian 
uh, COVID lockdowns by Governor Walz. Uh, anyhow, newly released data from the Internal Revenue Service shows where these Minnesota residents went. And he has some graphs on here. Again, go to AmericanExperiment.org if you want to see the actual graphs. Obviously, I can't translate them really over radio. But one chart in particular particular shows that Minnesota lost 16,021 residents overall in 2020-2021, the largest outflow recorded by the IRS since at least 1991. It shows that the primary source of uh, migrants into Minnesota was North Dakota, probably a result of that state's economic difficulties arising from the federal government's war on America's extractive industries. Uh, California, Illinois, and New York rounded out the top four sources of migrants into Minnesota. But this chart shows that Minnesota lost 5,766 residents net to Ron DeSantis, Florida in 2020-2021, which is a 47% increase on the loss of more than 3,900 in the previous year. So this is this is absolutely fascinating. And when they talk about net migration, they say there were some residents from Florida that moved to Minnesota, but there were more uh, Minnesotans that moved to Florida. So the net migration is there uh, between Minnesota and Florida is 5,766 net to Florida. Interesting study here. Um, 3,090 decided to move to our neighbors just to the east in uh, Wisconsin. Another 2,857 went to Texas. Another 2,258 went to Arizona. Another 1,000 went to North Carolina. You kind of, you know, this is net migration numbers. You you kind of seeing a trend here a little bit? I mean, people were willing to put up with the weather in this state because this was looked at as a state, you know, desirable to live in. It was, there were uh, pretty much every neighborhood, particularly suburban neighborhoods, were, were safe and, and secure, and, and you didn't feel like you had to lock your doors. I, I still always lock my door anyways, but uh, that, that, that's a different point entirely. But if people were concerned, you know, a decade or two decades ago about crime that was increasing right in the big cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis, I mean, I, 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 you know, I use this example all the time. My mother bought a house, I remember back in 1986 when I, you know, just uh, before my senior year of high school. And I lived in that, you know, I lived in that house for, you know, I think six years till I graduate till I graduated college, nineteen ninety two, and or maybe I think it was ninety four when I finally started working. So I, I lived there, you know, from the mid eighties to the mid nineties, and you know, it was a it was it was right in the city of St. Paul, not far from the three M complex. Nice neighborhood, fine neighborhood. Well, I found as I came back to visit, you know, I visit my mother pretty regularly, year after year after year. It got a little more sketchy to the point where I was concerned for my my own mother's well-being. Now, thankfully, she moved out of that house in 2017. But the point is, when neighborhoods started to get a little sketchy in, say, in the 2000s, particularly in St. Paul, Minneapolis, the cities of, people, you know, not only was public safety an issue, but it was just uh, the, the traffic and the infrastructure around those areas. It was just too much. And so people could move to the suburbs because the suburbs still close to the city and a lot of, you know, both downtowns, you know, when people want for their, you know, when they were 
spending their entertainment dollars, then go then go to the suburbs. Well, now not even that is a is a realistic option, or a more I shouldn't say realistic, more desirous option, most desirous option. Because now we're we're hearing of issues in in suburban areas, and I and I emphasize that a lot during the twenty twenty two campaign, and a lot of the elected or, or the um, uh, political candidates that would come on my broadcast, particularly ones who were running for seats in suburban areas, were talking about how even in their suburban districts, people were concerned about public safety, particularly the issues permeating their neighborhoods. I mean, when we were hearing property about property crimes in Orono. I mean, Orno? So now people are voting with their feet. And if you don't think that that's happening, well, I've got some real-world anecdotes for you. A good uh, friend of the broadcast, uh, Representative Ann New, she's a Republican uh, state rep out of North Branch. When we come back, Spencer, we'll, we'll play that sound clip. That's uh, That'll be cut number one. But I uh, need to take a break right now. So if you have any comments or questions, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, that's hashtag N-A-R-N Show, or check us out on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, where we have a live stream of the broadcast up and running. Brad Carlson, the Clothes, are back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. You and me and the bottle of wine and a whole you tonight. Well, we know. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. With the new radical Minnesota legislation permitting abortion at any stage of pregnancy, your help with Robbinsdale Women's Center is needed more than ever. While the abortion industry stands ready to profit from a woman's unplanned pregnancy, Robbinsdale Women's Center is the first step in educating women on the truth about all their options. Through RWC, women will receive services and resources to make an informed decision. These resources include medical services like ultrasounds, other education and parenting classes. They'll learn more about the beautiful baby growing inside. Sadly, 80% of RWC's patients are seeking an abortion when they first visit. After seeing their baby on an ultrasound, and hearing unbiased information on all their choices, 8 in 10 women planning to terminate the pregnancy change their mind. Robbinsdale Women's Center is 100% donor-funded. Please help RWC provide life-affirming options for women. Visit rwcinfo.org. A sustaining gift of $44 a month helps save a baby, but make any donation you can. rwcinfo.org. Epiphany Catholic School strives to grow your students' heart and mind to give students an education grounded in faith, knowledge, and virtue. Although educational styles change, the vision of faith-infused education never wavers. Epiphany is committed to forming students into saints and citizens for this world and the next. Epiphany Catholic School is located in Coon Rapids, serving students from pre-K through 8th grade. For more information, visit epiphanyschoolmn.org. Master Pool and Spa. Master Pool and Spa's huge warehouse sale. Save up to 33 to 66%. Come in and we'll prove to you we have the best products at the lowest possible price. Master Pool and Spa is Minnesota's largest spa dealer. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Drive a little and save a lot. Some of our clients have driven hundreds of miles because the deals are that good. Master Pool and Spa's huge warehouse sale. It only happens once a year. Save up to 33 to 66%. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. 18-month interest refinancing. 
This is a limited time offer. Master Pool and Spa. Visit us today at 394 in Louisiana in St. Louis Park. Look for the big blue sign. Check us out online at masterpoolandspa.com. Masterpoolandspa.com. Or call us at 952-253-0665. That's 952-253-0665. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. You started this fire down in my soul. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carls. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And don't forget, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So check us out there. Our good friend Wild Wilson, as always, checks in from Texas. Yeah, Wild was one of those uh, net migrants out of the uh, state of Minnesota, now living in Texas uh, again in the year 2020. 2021, uh, the state of Texas uh, was responsible for the most uh, net migrants out of Minnesota at uh, 2,857. I think Wild left around that time frame. If uh, Wild, you can correct me if I'm mistaken. But, uh, yeah. So there you have it. And, again, uh, the the thing is, this is not the year 2000. This is not the early 2000s where remote work was as prevalent as it is now. And again, if you've if you've got a Wi-Fi and you've got a laptop at home, you can work for any company anywhere. You know, and again, that was one of the fortunate aspects I had with my job during the pandemic when uh, businesses were ordered to be shuttered. You know, my uh, company uh, stayed stayed up and running, okay, because it was considered uh, essential, an essential business. Which again, that was a very arbitrary designation. But we don't need to go down that road again. But the point is, is I was able to continue working. You know, and not miss a beat. In fact, if anything, saved on commuting expenses. So in a weird way, kind of came out ahead of the game. But uh, if you think that these are, uh, you know, these are just anecdotes, what have you, you can go ahead and think that. But But the concern is that by the time elected officials realized that their arrogance was kind of misplaced or misguided or they underestimated Minnesota's Minnesotans willingness to vote with their feet by leaving. Uh, it may be too late. And again, I, I don't, I don't see how almost losing a U.S. house seat last redistricting didn't serve as, as some sort of wake up call. And particularly the way the DFL is governing right now, I don't want to play this entire clip. It's 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 quite a bit long, but I just want to play a few minutes of it. And Spencer, I'll cue you when to when to cut the clip off. But this is a friend of the broadcast, Representative Ann New. Uh, she's a Republican out of North Branch, and she made some excellent points here. Um, and at one and at one portion, throwing the governor's own words back at him, uh, talking to individuals within her district who, yeah, they can afford to live in Minnesota, and yeah, they can afford to pay for a bitter Minnesota, but if they don't have to. Why would they, especially if they don't feel like they're they're getting a lot of value in return? So this is cut number one, Representative Ann New from the Minnesota House floor a little over a week ago. Thank you, Speaker and members. Um, I haven't said anything on this tax bill today. 
Um, I didn't speak to the amendments. Frankly, it, it kind of wasn't worth it because we know that this stuff is all happening regardless. $10 billion in additional taxes when we have a almost $20 billion budget surplus. It's wild. And I would just remind folks that it wasn't that long ago. It was just a few years ago um, that this chamber was considering additional taxes on tobacco. And it was Governor Walls who told us that tax policy affects behavior. Yep. That his belief was that fewer people would purchase tobacco products when we taxed it more. We're happy to pay for it. And again, that was not conservatives. That was not Republicans. That wasn't me saying that. That That was Governor Walls who said that. And it was not very many years ago. So the reality is tax policy affects behavior. And I was having a conversation with uh, one of our colleagues uh, just a few weeks ago in the retiring room. And I was asked the question because I, I actually have a real problem with a lot of the things that we've been doing. You know, for, for example, uh, I've, I've got a family member who does really well. Physician, his wife has diabetes. Well, they can afford to pay for their insulin products, so why shouldn't they? It doesn't make sense. So we were talking about these kinds of things, and, and I was asked, well, then, but, but, you, but you think that we should eliminate Social Security taxes for everyone. Why do you think that? Well, it's really easy because taxes affect behavior. And I agree. There are people who can afford to pay taxes on Social Security income. There are people who can afford to be part of a new fifth-tier income tax bracket. There are corporations that can afford to increase their taxes. But here's the problem. None of those people have to. All of those people can make different decisions. I was talking to one of my former mayors maybe a month ago, um, a Democrat, by the way, and uh, he was talking about an issue in, in his city, and he said that a lot of people were asking him to come back and run for mayor again. But he said, Ann, I'm kind of embarrassed. I'm not a resident of Minnesota anymore. And then he said, are you guys going to get rid of the tax on Social Security income? That was his question to me. Now, this is a guy who could afford to just pay the tax on Social Security income. In fact, he has two homes. He still has a home in Minnesota. But he was spending more than six months in Arizona now. Okay, we'll stop right there. So, that, yeah, that, that's just a great example of how, you know, and I love how Representative Ann knew through Governor Walz's own words back at him. We were saying, wow, well, you know, the more we tax cigarettes, the less, the, the less so buy. And, you know, because taxes affect behavior. But amazingly, the DFLers don't seem to believe or still don't seem to believe, despite evidence to the contrary, that hiking taxes on our residents is going to cause them to vote with their feet. Because, again, I, I mentioned the arrogance. We've seen it so often in the past. Why would you want to go live in Oklahoma or Nebraska or Iowa when you can live here in Minnesota? Like this is some sort of, you know, Shangri-La, some grand utopia, if you will. I mean, seriously, that's the attitude they have. And these net migration numbers are bearing this out. It, it, it's... A slow drip, drip, drip out of here. And you know what? If given truth serum, 
there might be some Democrats who are okay with that because they think, well, those people who are leaving that are going to states like like Florida and, and Texas and Arizona, you know, those are those are more red states. You know, North Carolina, they, they can go. South Dakota, yeah, yeah, they can go. We 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 don't care. If they if they, if they were if they were good to tell the truth, that's what they'd say. Because they like I say like I've been saying a number of weeks on the show, they've been governing a lot like they're going to have a permanent majority. Like they're bulletproof. Like we're going to pass this far left progressive policy uh, while we can. And if it turns out we're thrown out of office, okay, at least we got this stuff on the books. But if we've got a permanent majority, i.e. we're heading for California-sized majorities where it's like the California legislature, I think it's like three or four to one Democrat to Republican, and same with U.S. House seats. They have like 50 U.S. House seats, and it's like 40 Democrats to 12 Republicans. And, of course, statewide, forget about it, you know. So they, they're willing to risk you know, re-election prospects if they can get this stuff in place. And But if enough Republicans move out, then on the Democrat side, there was much rejoicing. They're, they're, they're good with that. So we're 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 seeing instances where it's it's almost I it's almost like they're playing this game. They're they're wanting to throw all of the stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. And if they go too far, then they can they they can kind of uh, pull back a little bit. And there was one issue in particular. I'm not going to have time to get to it this segment, but I'll get to it next segment. There was one issue in particular that they were bringing forth that even was too crazy for some. DFLers. And again, I, I say this to say that they have a 70 to 64 majority in the House. Okay, so that's basically three seats, three seat majority, because if you flip three seats from Democrat to Republican, 67, 67, and then it's literally one seat in the Senate, 34 uh, Democrats, 33 Republicans. And yet they're governing like they have California sized majorities. And some of the policies are putting forth, they're looking to ensure that they are on the path to California-sized majorities. Will it work? Well, we'll soon find out. But, yeah, there was one policy proposal in particular that was even a bridge too far from some Senate DFLers. We'll come back with this and take your phone call, 651-289-4488, or use hashtag NarnShow on Twitter, or check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Leave a comment or question there as well on the live stream. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Kuharski, director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Pro-life across America. 
Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that matter, 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with the Mike Gallagher Show. You and I know the mainstream media is filling the airwaves with a left-wing take on the news of the day. This is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. We won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. It's critical to find a news source that tells the truth. Well, that's Daybreak Insider. Daybreak Insider is that source. I get it in my mailbox every day. It helps shape the stories I bring to you. It's a look at today's most compelling stories, how they are covered by the media, and provides responses from key conservatives in media and politics. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And don't forget to check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream up and running. Again, we have a comment thread on our video where you can leave a comment or question. As I said, our good friend Wild Wilson has checked in, uh, so we appreciate uh, you checking in however you choose to do so. Even if you're listening to this later via the podcast, we appreciate your support. Low these many years. Do want to get to a caller quick before we move on to uh, other topics. Mike is on line one. Mike, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Hey, Brad. Uh, Just to add to your argument of the depopulation of the state, um, of course, the census was flawed uh, upwards uh, between 200 and 300,000 overcount. How about that? And that added the 435th House seat, apparently. And you don't hear much about that. Okay. Yeah, I remember there was some scuttle. I appreciate the call, Mike. I, I remember there was some scuttle about that. Where uh, Then Governor Cuomo of New York uh, strenuously objecting to New York uh, losing uh, their house seat. I, I seemed to me that he was threatening to bring litigation if he didn't. Um, but yeah, Mike uh, brings a good uh, good point, and I, I remember hearing vaguely something uh, along those lines. But uh, I'm glad you brought it back around, Mike. We appreciate it. So yeah, again, um, that just underscores how close we came to. You know, we've only got 
eight U.S. House seats in New York, I think, has 20, 20 uh, maybe more than that. I don't remember exactly the number. So, I mean, percentage-wise, that's a larger percentage for us to lose one House seat than it was for New York. And again, I, I, I don't know if this is going to serve a wake-up call, if, if lessons are going to be learned here. But here's an interesting story uh, brought to us uh, via the editorial bo- board at the Wall Street Journal. Minnesota is making national headlines, and in my opinion, it's for all the wrong reasons. You know, we read a story last week or the week before NBC News uh, looking at how Minnesota is becoming a laboratory for far-left progressive uh, policy. Uh, so how do you Minnesotans like being lab rats, I guess? But this is from the Wall Street Journal editorial board talking about Minnesota's global tax uh, tax grab. Uh, Crab would work, too, you know, like crabs in a bucket bringing each other down. That would be a good analogy. No, but but Minnesota's global tax grab. Uh, Minnesota progressives now run all of state government and the new majority is doing what comes natural. Raise taxes and more taxes. Their misguided plan for a worldwide tax on business earnings in particular may spawn imitators if it passes in the once business-friendly state. The tax change is part of an omnibus spending bill that Democrats hope to enact by May 22nd. It would extend Minnesota's corporate tax income, or excuse me, Minnesota's corporate income tax to profits that businesses earn overseas. Any company that owes taxes in the state would be required to report international earnings on top of its domestic taxable income. The state would then apply its 9.8% corporate income tax rate to a combined income tax figure based on the company's entire global profit. That would be a first for a U.S. state. We're setting all sorts of trends in the state. You notice that? And none in the good way, I have to say. Uh, Several states allow worldwide reporting as a corporate tax option, but none mandates it. The move would alter tax bills for nearly all national and international companies that do business in Minnesota, including such home-based firms as Cargill and Best Buy. Now here, listen to this phrase. This is the id of far-left progressivism in this next uh, excerpt here. The bill's authors say targeting these companies is the point. Representative Aisha Gomez, chair uh, chair of the tax committee, promised last week that the change would, quote, close a loophole and rightfully capture corporate, corporate profits hidden in offshore tax havens, close quote. The sponsors admit to having only a loose sense of how much money it will bring in, quote, Whether worldwide combined reporting raised $1 or $1 billion, it is the right thing to do, Ms. Gomez said. In other words, punitive taxation for its own sake. So, really, the goal isn't to bring in more revenue to the state. I mean, they they can never bring in enough revenue, progressives. But now it's all in the name of equity. It's all in the name of fairness. This reminds me of when Barack Obama, I think when he was, after he was first elected president, maybe it was during one of his campaigns, doesn't really matter. But the point is, he was uh, at, I believe it was a town hall, and he was talking about increasing the capital gains tax rate. 
and I believe it was Charlie Gibson then of ABC TV. And kudos to Charlie Gibson. You know, you don't get a lot of mainstream uh, reporters that push back on Democrats' assertions. But Charlie Gibson did. He 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 pointed. He brought facts. He brought uh, actual data and said, "Look, the last time the capital gains rate was raised or that high as you propose, the revenue effect was marginal. It hardly seems worth it to try to, you know, disincentivize capital investment because that's what it would essentially do. It would disincentivize it and therefore." You wouldn't get nearly the revenue if you raise the rate. And Barack Obama famously said, well, it's 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 not about that. It's about fairness. He said that about the charitable deduction, too, where basically a, a truck driver who gives 100 bucks should be able to get a, as much a rate as, say, uh, someone making six figures donating, I don't know, given our arbitrary number, 10% of their income. And again, he conceded this isn't going to uh, bring, this isn't going to bring in a lot more revenue. It's all about fairness. It's, it's, this is, this is what it's about here. And they didn't, they never look at the economic aspect of it. It's the old, it's the old classic facts. Don't care about your feelings. The fact of the matter is you're disincentivizing investment. You're disincentivizing achievement. And Minnesota has long road on the hog, high in the hog, of companies like Cargill and Best Buy. But who's to say that if you're starting to draft policy that will adversely impact someone's bottom line or their business model or what have you, that, you know, I, I don't know how practical it is to pull up stakes. But they may decide to stop investment all along, and that kind of le- le- that's kind of a nice segue into this next uh, headline from the Pioneer Press: How the Mayo Clinic is threatening to kill billions in state investment if two health care bills pass. Again, this is from the uh, Pioneer Press. Jeff Kiger reporting: The Mayo Clinic is threatening to reconsider planned construction projects in Minnesota four times the size of the investment in U.S. Bank Stadium. What was that investment, like a cool billion dollars? Here are the Mayo Clinic's talking about, I guess, about $4 billion. And this is if the legislature and Governor Tim Walz enact two statewide health care bills. The threat was included in an email from Kate Johansson, Mayo Clinic's vice chair of external engagement, to Walls and state lawmakers on Wednesday. The email had the subject line, Mayo HHS Omnibus Concerns. Johansson wrote, the two proposals discussed, the Keeping Nurses at the Bedside Act and the Health Care Affordability Board, remain serious problems that require immediate attention and action. The email was made public Friday in reporting by the Minnesota Reformer. Mayo Clinic asked for its facilities to be exempted from the Keeping Nurses at the Bedside Act and to remove the extremely problematic Health Care Affordability Board proposal from the state's Health and Human Services omnibus bill. The Keeping Nurses at the Bedside Act bill would require hospitals to to form staffing committees and then that set the minimum staffing levels for these hospitals. At least half of the committee's membership must be made up of nurses and other direct care workers. The Health 
care affordability proposal would establish a board to tackle rising health care costs by setting care spending growth targets and making recommendations for legislative and market reform. Now, I'm not here to really talk on the merits of that legislation. And I'll be perfectly honest with you uh, that, you know, they, it's called a threat. Some could even call it blackmail. But if legislators can, you know, get behind this legislation and say that it's for the overall greater good within the healthcare genre, and thus they're willing to forego $4 billion uh, in investment, then, you know, again, this is a, this is some of the issues that they're they're going to have to deal with. And, and obviously the Mayo Clinic's not going anywhere, so there, there's no threat of that. But again, this this is just this just seems like all the Pollyanna-ish legislation that the DFL majority is is thrown against the wall. And now you're having issues like universal paid leave that is going to be put through. And again, small businesses, whether they weren't completely shuttered by the pandemic or the unrest of 2020. Uh, this would probably put the final nail in the coffin to a lot of these small businesses that struggle to stay open through those major events. And, you know, good friend of the broadcast, Julia Coleman, Republican senator out of uh, Chanhassen, you know, last year, you know, before the election, she came up with her own Republican version saying, look, if you provide companies some sort of tax incentives or tax breaks to provide this within their business model, presented as a benefit to these companies as opposed to mandated taxes and adding a whole nother layer of bureaucracy in Minnesota government to oversee this. And this was something that Julie, I remember she was on a a good friend, Ben Cruz's podcast back in October of 2020. That was before the 2020 election, obviously, where she was talking about this then and signaling then, Hey, Republicans, let's get on board. This could be advantageous. This could help businesses grow. By showing them there's an incentive to provide paid leave. And, of course, uh, because it was Republicans bringing forth a proposal, the DFL, God forbid, they give Republicans anything for smart credit for any smart legislation that could actually show a benefit without heaping on another layer of bureaucracy. Well, we can't have that. You know, so as a result, it really never went anywhere. And now we're, we're seeing... What's happening because workers are saying that, hey, universal paid leave, it's needed, but the businesses uh, are definitely questioning the cost of dealing with this mandate. And again, if you're going to mandate small businesses, I mean, uh, that's pretty much going to drive a nail in a lot of them, which, again, are barely surviving after the pandemic and the unrest we saw in 2020. Uh, Dean is in Deep Haven. Dean, if there's any way you can hold during the break, I promise to get to your call when we come back this final segment this hour. And we're available to take other calls, 651-289-4488, or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Or you can uh, check us out on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream up and running. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. 
Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Looking to make a difference? Volunteer for your local fire department. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Visit makemeafirefighter.org. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. One final segment this hour. You can check out our, uh, give us a call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag N-A-R-N show. That's hashtag NARN show. And again, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So while I was talking uh, last segment, I did read that uh, piece from the uh Wall Street Journal editorial board to where, you know, Aisha Gomez, chair of the tax committee, doesn't really know how much money is going to be raised if they do this, uh, uh, what they call this corporate tax on global income, not just domestic taxable income, but global income, which no, literally no other state in the union is mandating. She's saying, well, you know, it's all, it's all about fairness. You know, as the Wall Street Journal editorial board says, you know, putative uh, punitive taxation uh, for its own sake. 
Uh, I'll just read a couple other paragraphs from this real quick. State economists don't have a better idea of how much the tax will raise. As the Tax Foundation notes, the official estimate of $450 million over two years doesn't account for how worldwide reporting will dilute Minnesota's share of each company's taxable income. And despite Democrats' fixation on Cayman Island accounts, most of that revenue will come out of the ordinary business that U.S. companies conduct overseas. It will add to companies' already hefty compliance burden, bringing foreign accounting rules into state filings. The addition to large companies' tax bills won't be huge, but Minnesota already punishes businesses more than most states. Its 9.8% corporate tax rate is the nation's second highest, and it will be first next year when a New Jersey surtax sunsets. Democrats also want to raise the top personal income tax rate to 10.85%. So you can see overall that this, from a fiscal standpoint, uh, is just a terrible idea. And it's classic Democrat overreach, just throwing stuff against the wall, see what sticks. Well, according to Christopher Megan at the Pioneer Press, Minnesota Senate DFLers back away from corporate tax hike. And again, I'll read a couple of excerpts of this one. A Senate Democrats unexpectedly pulled their support for a new tax that would raise more than $350 million in annual revenue from corporate corporations' overseas profits. Business leaders and Republicans have criticized combined worldwide reporting, saying Minnesota would be the only state in the nation to implement it, and it would drive businesses away. Well, that's true. Uh, that it would be the only state in the nation to implement it. The latter is probably true as well, that it would uh, probably drive businesses away. The added corporate tax is one of several new taxes. The DFL trifecta in control of state government proposed for the next two-year budget, despite the state having a $17.5 billion budget surplus. There are proposals for increased sales taxes, a fifth income tax tier, and a new payroll tax to fund the universal family and medical leave. So, yeah, this is uh, getting pushback from a handful of Senate DFLers. Again, no, it doesn't seem like, you know, like I've said many times, it just takes one DFLer in the Senate to push back on some of this far-left radical uh, policies. Uh, but there just doesn't seem to be that one person to step forward. But thankfully for this one, Multiple of step forward. I guess no one DFLer wanted to uh, be a lone wolf here. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is just a bad look all around. When you have a near $18 billion surplus, and that's still not enough. I mean, there were major budget issues and other issues that have cropped up that deserve priority. And then you get these other issues that crop up, and all of a sudden they're coming with their hands on. I mean, I, I read a story about a, a few weeks ago where there was much-needed uh, funding gaps closed, particularly in health and human services, but even then it's not enough. So, I yeah, this is uh, thankfully the Senate DFLers have, have backed away from it. What compromise is brought about, I have no idea. You know, the Democrats may decide to walk away from this because, again, as the Wall Street Journal editorial board called it, just punitive tax taxation for its own sake, uh, that's not going to be good enough. 
Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. I guess we will. Is Vincent still on line one? Uh, Vincent, we only have about a minute to go. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Vincent, thank you. Um, in Frogtown here, you know, if the candidates come to, like, Frogtown, you know, people run for state office or national office, you know, all, or any all the places in Minnesota, and people would say, hey, you know, they respect us and all. Maybe they won't be running away, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, anybody, thanks for the call, Vincent, anybody in that area of the city, as long as there is a a D next to their name, that's who's going to get their vote. So really, uh, what happens is you get, I mean, the Democrat primary is essentially the general election. So uh, in this last, I think it was this last election cycle, yeah, uh, it was either this one or 2020, don't remember which, but someone ran to the left of Betty McCollum for Congressional District 4 in order to try to upend her in the primary because that person knew if she would were the Democrat nominee, she'd win the general election. So that's really the only way you're going to make hay. So bottom line, Vincent, is there just doesn't seem to be really any incentive to try to fix issues. It's more Some of these issues are more valuable to far-left progressives to wave around as a bloody shirt, you know, to show that they care much more. And then once they get in office... Uh, that they're really showing anything but. I, I mean, you know, Mitch has talked about his show. Mitch is a St. Paul resident. Basic city services like filling potholes, they're calling for an extra, they're a half cent sales at tax increase for basic services because money money's funneling to these other coop far left causes. So it's just absolute insanity. So, Vincent, my condolences that you, uh, <laughs> that you reside in that area. Folks, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back. Mere moments, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a few. Closing time. Master Pool and Spa. Master Pool and Spa's huge warehouse sale. Save up to 33 to 66%. Come in and we'll prove to you we have the best products at the lowest possible price. Master Pool and Spa is Minnesota's largest spa dealer. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Drive a little and save a lot. Some of our clients have driven hundreds of miles because the deals are that good. Master Pool and Spa's huge warehouse sale. It only happens once a year. Save up to 33 to 66%. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. 18-month interest-free financing. This is a limited-time offer. Master Pool and Spa. Visit us today at 394 in Louisiana in St. Louis Park. Look for the big blue sign. Check us out online at masterpoolandspa.com. Masterpoolandspa.com. Or call us at 952-253-0665. That's 952-253-0665. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money, you'll 
save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800-989-0841. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.